0: All right, we're here live, Alteri Motors podcast. We are en route to Mike Parisi's black belt at 85E Jiu Jitsu. So I got Richie driving driving the whip, hopefully it doesn't kill us. We got the Iron Mike Parisi, and we have another special guest by way of the uh, concrete jungle, Manny Milan. So uh, Mike, how are we feeling as we uh, head up to the black belt ceremony?
1: But today's a really special day, um, it's a culmination of many years of hard work, you know, persevering through the good times and the bad times, the injuries, let's talk today- about Let's
0: actually talk about some of the bad times, let's jump right in, Let, let's, <laughs> let's name uh, a couple bad times. I was thinking way back, I can think of one where uh, at Bridge Street Barbell when we all first started training together in the basement, and um, I believe you, I think you broke your rib in training. And then I also believe the next day you tried showing up with phone books duct taped <laughs> <laughs> to your ribs, but ready to train. That was, what was that? 2007? seven, or six or 7? 2006, probably. So, so that was one of them.
1: Well, that was a day because I was um, grappling <laughs> with a beast called Rich Altieri. <laughs> and um, I didn't quite break my rib. but I think I just snapped the muscle off the rib, which is probably worse than breaking it. And yes, the next day I did show up, not with um, telephone books, but with a a bulletproof vest. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: Let me me jump in. He actually showed up with a duffel bag full of an assortment of bulletproof vests, so three or four (laughs) different styles. And just started trying them on while I was sitting on the couch at Bridge Street. I said, Mike, what the fuck are you doing with those? He's like getting ready to train. I never saw a
0: bulletproof vest in my life. I said, what the hell is that? They're bulletproof vests. Let's just shake my head, man. I feel like as at, at Bridge Street, there was many times where people I like distinctly remember people just like getting dragged off the mats, and I feel like on one day I remember Troy Valberg, Mike went for like an inside trip, or we were doing some type of throws. Soto Gari and uh, no <laughs> Troy <laughs> like literally broke his leg and tore his ACL, and he got he actually got just dragged off to the mat, started icing up his knee, and then the other. Who's that one strange dude who no one knows his name, but he definitely broke his ankle, and nobody still nobody knows his name, and no one even actually helped him off the mat. Nah, he crawled his ass. He his crawled head. off the mat. No one asked him if he was Shout okay. Shout out to that guy, man. That guy was a good sport. He was. He was a good sport. He, we don't know who he is or where he <laughs> came from. No, not his name was Chris, I think. Chris something. I don't Chris know. Chris something. Hope you're feeling Chris the, better. Chris dude. the Cankle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was. Hey, and think bad. about
1: it. We probably never seen that guy ever again.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and and that goes back to being able to persevere through the good and the bad. And the jiu-jitsu will definitely put you through those tests. Yeah. And you're gonna really see who's who in the zoo on the mat. You know, some guys are gonna show up. Next, you know, they disappear for two, three years. Yeah. The guys that are there every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year after year. Those are the guys that are the true warriors of the sport. Yeah, and you got to be able to build, put the time in, and do the work, and that will get you to the destination we all seek. Yeah. For me, today is my destination of getting my black belt, and um, it had black but It's not been easy. Jiu-Jitsu is not
0: easy. How long? And I remember when you were off the mats for a short period of time. When you tell us about what happened to your your leg.
1: Well, I I caught an infection. I got staph infection and uh, within three days I started going to septic where the infection was going through my body and they had to open my leg up or take my leg off. Those, those were the choices and after surgery I remained in a hospital at Albany Medical Center for eight days then following that eight days I had a wound back attached to my body for the next three months. And, um, you know, that, that, those were trying times, but if you could recall, as soon as I got home from the hospital, I showed up at the gym at 4.30 in the morning, Richie put me through some minor exercises just to keep me going, and again, not giving up. You cannot give up. Due to an injury, you work around your injuries, Yeah. because if you're going to use the excuse that, well, I injured this or I injured that, you know what? <laughs> you're never going to meet your... You're never going to be able to achieve the destination that you seek out.
0: I think everybody in the car now has suffered either a major injury or a major setback. I know for myself, I tore my ACL in a tournament. I always remember because Bruno was like, Oh, my man. And he gave me an Advil. We were in New Jersey at Grappler's Quest. And you know, if you've had real injuries, you played sports or you've yeah. been training a long time, you know when you got a real injury. And I was like... Something's fucked up here. <laughs> like, and he goes, he gave me like some Motrin or some Advil. He's like, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Just ice it. We ice it the whole way home. But that was my major setback. I know, Rich. What was you've definitely been cut open. Yeah, I
2: had shoulder
0: reconstruction.
2: I had a, uh, a hamstring. My hamstrings ripped right off my hip bone. Uh, bicep tear. Those are the major ones. Yeah. You know, then then you know, just the constant. Yeah. minor setbacks, you know. But like Mike said, you got to work around it. You know what I mean? You got to get find a way back in the gym. When I had shoulder surgery and uh, me and Mike would meet up at 4 o'clock at Bruno's and, you know, tuck your hand in the gi, hold on to your... As soon as we were out of the sling, and basically go like that and the guys took no fucking mercy especially Mervin Rodriguez that fuck <laughs> fucking tried beating the shit out of me with one hand and I paid him back last weekend I waited on that all this time I didn't see him for a long
0: time on the mat but I remembered it and gave him his get back I think but Mervin uh, actually his his famous injury is when uh Mike yeah. during sparring kicked him in the nuts yeah. and uh he lost one of his nuts you <laughs> That's Yo. definitely a, a tough one to bounce yeah, back from. For real, Merv but, is one uh, of the toughest guys on the fucking t- planet. The toughest, the toughest. And Manny, I know you've had a, definitely suffered from a broken heart <laughs> on more than one more than one occasion. But have you had any? Nice, you definitely had some some injuries. A couple, um, couple minor ones, but.
3: Broken hands on multiple times. <laughs> broke,
0: Yo, this guy it broke
3: his hand beating up some fucking
2: strawbats <laughs> <laughs> at Sirisha <laughs> Park when he was like 26 years old.
0: Listen, when somebody
2: I also actually
3: beat up in a fight, competition, all speed up in sparring, and then yeah. I also broke my nose in sparring. That was probably the worst one. Yeah. Which you're, but, you
0: just said you're getting repaired or something like that. Yeah,
3: I'm still going through it, but like the hand, you can wrap up and work around it grappling believe it or not the nose they always showed a little advertisement for those little cages on your nose it's always a basketball player wearing them i rocked it like this is gonna work during grappling
0: you thought you were gonna look like lebron <laughs> but you didn't you look like shit and, and maybe even worse like nobody cares you had that out of your mouth. they're still gonna fling their hands around you and yeah. smack right in the face oh, and it's God. worse. Yeah. It's kind of so the funny thing is whenever you bump into a guy who has had his hand broken many times you better believe he's busted someone's shit open many times. Yeah. They didn't do that from uh, yeah. falling, I don't know. Although, Parise, you did recently fall off a, a tall ladder and almost break your hand, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, right. um, but, yeah, I think that... Hold on, I feel like we're letting Manny slide on the yeah. fact
2: that he beat this dude up at Saoirse Park <laughs> and set himself back like that in his training camp like four
0: weeks. So make, tell that oh, story, so that was That was during no training. Names. No, no, no names. No yeah. names. I it's okay nice. if you want to put a name out there. Everyone, you know, we all got our ass kicked, kicked once or twice. name I couldn't tell you his
3: name if I wanted to. But uh, I don't know. You're I keep it real. Yeah, I was keeping it real. I said no a couple of times. He uh, started threatening my brother. Threatening my What mother. did you say?
0: No, I don't want to kick your ass. Yeah, it was like
3: I was out with a, a couple of media friends of ours, and we all like took the higher road and just bounced. He kept it going, like, calling people and calling me. So after boxing one day, I was like, you know what? This guy's still on me. I'm going to go meet him here and there. So... I kind of want to throw out these names. These are like legendary names. It was like Kinger, Judy Craig, and Jeff Moore. Oh, man. Wow. If I had to pick up any three like random people to go to a park and fight somebody, those three would be like the most ready people.
2: (laughs) And they were like. The most ready to
3: not talk you out of it. Yeah, I happened to be with Judy Craig because he was boxing and sparring and doing jujitsu at the time. Yeah. So he got the other two on the phone. We went up there and a Sticks was there. (laughs) And I don't know. 30-degree weather, punching someone in the head without, like, wraps on is not, not a good combination. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not recommended so, by the ortho? Yeah, that
3: broke immediately. And, yeah. But prior to that, I already had a broken the other hand. Yeah. So now I had, like, two broken hands within two years, and then it just never really, really healed.
0: I think one of the—actually, one of the first fights—not the first fight I ever witnessed, but one of the first ones where, like, there was probably 75, 80 people there at least was Manny. I was in— the sixth grade, Manny was an eighth grader, and it was at Arnold Ave Park, and Manny squared off against uh, oh, yeah. Brian Carter. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that you won, but you didn't lose. It might have been a draw, yeah. but that, it was. That was my, it, yeah, that was one like of my first. Like, but that was like I'm talking. It was probably I'm actually not even exaggerating. It might have been closer to 100 yeah, people there. there was
3: a lot of people there. That was like every Tuesday. How yeah. did you get from like um, honoring Mike uh, yeah, Blackwell
0: so <laughs> to <like>, talking <laughs> about my street yeah. fight history? <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. Because we don't, it's,
1: because it's a great subject. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. I love it. Mike, I love Mike, it.
0: street fights. But while, while we're on street fights, Mike, if you want to, is there any good ones? I know I've heard like many, many, many stories of some of your fights. Do you want to tell anyone in particular? Or? Well, I don't
1: want to mention no names. No. Now, yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I
3: got a better question. What's <laughs> that? All your street fights? Did you ever? Did one fight ever stick out? Where you really, 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 really applied jujitsu at it the entire fight and really hurt somebody
1: using it. Oh yeah, that was... Um,
0: that was two days ago, <laughs> <laughs> outside of Stewart's. Sunday.
1: Yeah, that was um, that was not too long ago, you know, in the next last few years uh, when I uh, I had to go take care of some business, I went to a guy's house and I was there with uh, another individual who did not back me up whatsoever. I, I don't want to mention his name either. But uh, yeah, I squared off with this guy, we got it on, you know, I put him in a, a Kimura, and uh,
0: I don't from, think I've ever heard this one. From,
1: from at that point, one of his friends hit me in the head with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I ended that real quick. And um, yeah, that was that was pure jujitsu. I took him to the ground, you know, tied him up, mounted him, kimura. See you later. Okay. End of conversation. You heard a pop. Wow. For
0: the pop noise. You if, you, if you've never, like, if you're not somebody who trains jujitsu, and somebody who applies a kimura lock on you, that's you don't even know what's actually happening until it's until it's over.
1: Until it's way too late. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. I know. You, that's uh. Is there any other fights that stand out that you know you've gone to battle?
1: Well, being being, I come from a you know a high school wrestling background. I always had ground skills, and yeah. um, I've always uh, you know boxed in the gym, kickboxed. So I always had those skills, but my goal is always to uh, close the distance as quick as I can, you know, tie my opponent up, get him to the ground, and basically get, get some type of control over him while striking. Yeah. And um, wear him down, wear him down, wear them down, and to the point where they just give up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's Mike give a give like a rundown of your like training in combat sports. I know you're training. You were training karate years ago, and just from basically high school lifting weights and just talk about the evolution like where you started a- any type of physical culture from where you started to where we're taking this ride right now.
1: Well as far as combat sports goes it, it really I have to credit wrestling. Yeah you know, we come from uh, Amps, where we come from in Amsterdam there's a lot of wrestlers and so I grew up with all those guys and uh, you can't help but wrestle and I'm um, having that background you know, going to the wrestling camps in the summertime. I went to Rush Hawks wrestling camp. I met the Peterson brothers. They were gold medals at the time. Now, that really hones your, your ground skills at the very beginning. Then from there, I, I joined the gym at 13 years old. I started hitting the bag. Um, I got involved. This is involved the YMCA? At, yeah, the YMCA. I got involved with um, uh, martial arts as far as karate goes so are you are you enabled to myself to be able to use my legs as a weapon along with my hands and with that combination and ground skills it just put me it put me in a place where I was more effective than the average person out there and having doing strength training having good cardio condition
0: and then fr- so from there you ended up going into the military, so tell us about that. Did you guys train like that in the military at all, or why don't you just tell us about that?
1: In the military, we didn't do a lot of hand-in-hand combat, because we carry weapons. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our weapons are, 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 are how we uh, neutralize our opponents on the battlefield, and that's what we really do. I did wrestle with some other guys that were former wrestlers, that we do on our own time, and then it wasn't until you know after getting out of the military and moving on in life that I uh, was introduced uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and from that point on, I've trained. and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu really is the, the key to fighting, in my opinion. I mean, all roads lead to Jiu Jitsu. All the training that I do leads to Jiu Jitsu, whether it's kettlebells high-intensity interval training, Baptiste Power Yoga, those roads all lead to one thing. That is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. For me, it's challenging. It's humbling. And um, its I love living the life of Jiu-Jitsu. I love being around other Jiu-Jitsu people. Yeah.
0: So going back to you got out of the military, then you skipped over a major phase where much of that was probably street fighting, not so much jiu-jitsu. And we'll fast forward past that um, since we already covered that uh, aspect of it. That's where the broken hands, scarred up, everything came from. But um, from there, we all, well, you started jujitsu before us, of course, and I wanna say you started in Schenectady, right? At one point, you guys, it was you, Tommy Guns, I think Manny, you guys were training at your steakhouse and bar that you used to run. Didn't you guys used to clear out the, the uh, dining room and, and roll a little bit there?
1: Yes, yes. That's, <clears throat> that's where we started. And then um, from there we went to various academies throughout the Capital District. And um, then we made it to Eddie Fivey e Jiu-Jitsu. And at that time, Eddie was a uh, purple belt.
0: So even before that, though, actually, when you trained at, full Elite, head of hair too. I'm yeah, glad. had a lot of hair then, Eddie. Different from now. But, yeah, he did, didn't he? But so you trained there a little bit, and then you went to Elite Fitness. That's where I started training a little bit of jujitsu, and there was uh, Dean and Dougie, and those guys were, these guys were two hundred sixty pound behemoth monsters, and uh, they they helped us a lot along the way at that point in in jitsu But then. Eddie, I always remember Eddie coming around at that point. He was like a, like a skater dude. He, he would come in, and I remember seeing that he was a purple belt, and I didn't really know anybody that was a, a purple belt. I mean, the guys that were leading the class were like brown belts, but that was always questionable. But, but they helped us, so we'll say that. And Eddie always knew quite a bit about jiu-jitsu, and he was kind of quiet at that time, but obviously he evolved into being one of the best instructors, you know, not even just in the area, in the, you know, in the whole game, we'll say, but after you left Elite Fitness or wherever that was, we started training together at, uh, when Rich opened his gym at Bridge Street Barbell, so we probably, I don't want to say we lost a couple years there because we we would usually, like, just strap up with uh, MMA gloves and do, like, ground and pound and, and do some arm bar drills and kind of like just beat the brakes off each other, but that was an interesting point in your jiu-jitsu career. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, if anything, Bridge Street made us very, very tough. Yeah. That's one thing Bridge Street made us, and um, a lot of things came from Bridge Street. Um, if you can remember back then, you know, Eddie was a purple belt. I just want I want to go back yeah. a little bit. And at that time, there were very few yeah. legitimate purple belts in our area. In fact, there was, Eddie, I think Eddie was the only one. Yeah. And you know, and um, at that time, Belts and, and Rank was very, uh, it was very stingy. Yeah. You know, And um, you, know, th- you know, Rank came slowly, mm-hmm. and a lot of hard training, a lot of experimental training that we were doing versus now. Yeah. And um, you know, we persevered through those hard times, but it made us better. Yeah. Di- a lot of different ways.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so, you know, fast forward a bit. We all bounce around. We've been between a couple different academies. And you wound up where we're headed now at uh, Eddie Fivey Jiu-Jitsu. And tell us about that a little bit and what, what Eddie's meant to you and his style of instruction and, and whatever you'd like to say about that.
1: Well, when I got to Eddie's academy, I was a blue belt <coughs> at that time from another academy. And I asked Eddie, I go, Eddie, should... I take my belt off or should I come in with this? And he looked at me and he says, you do what you think is right. So I took my belt off. I handed it to him and he handed me a brand new, no stripe white belt. <laughs> and, that's how, and that's where I started. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I take pride in the fact that I was able to humble up enough to give up something that I thought I worked hard for and deserved. But ultimately, once I got to Eddie's, I was not a true blue belt. Yeah. And without Eddie even telling me what to do, thankfully, my instincts took me in the right direction. And I did take off my blue belt in exchange for a brand new white belt. Yeah. And I take a lot of pride in telling people that story because it was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. So you end up at Eddie's, you're back there. I know... You've had obviously a lot of success in in fitness and through Orange Theory and and yoga and all this stuff, so it's actually put you in a position to train jiu-jitsu pretty much full-time. I mean, tell us your schedule right now leading up to this drive. I mean, I know you've been training pretty hard, but training smart over the past few years and particularly you've been stepping it up a lot.
1: Well, for the last three years, I've been training five days a week. I've I've learned how to um, create counterbalances with my body so I can do that with yoga, cryotherapy, physical therapy. And it's almost like it's become, I don't know about a full-time job, my uh, recovery, but it's definitely a, full, definitely a part-time job of taking care of your body and enabling you to be able to train.
0: I can tell you, I know he's disciplined to it because we, if we try to set up a meeting at, at work, <laughs> Mike's usually, no, can't do that, gotta train jujitsu. jitsu So if Mike pushes off major, things in order to get his jiu-jitsu time in and then also to get his recovery in and uh it's almost uh, at this point like we laugh about it because you're so disciplined and you you will this guy will not change his schedule (laughs) for just about really there's nothing out there that'll change his schedule around for he's gonna get mat time in and you've been dedicated to that so talk about your training schedule and you know all that
1: well it all comes down to my love for brazilian jiu-jitsu and the brazilian jiu-jitsu lifestyle it keeps you disciplined it keeps you humbled it keeps you thirsty for knowledge and because of those reasons I stay in the game I want to get after it and I want to learn because jiu-jitsu is endless I don't think there's anybody out there that can say I know all the jiu-jitsu I need to know if no. you say that to yourself you're not being honest with yourself
0: and you're probably not very good actually also so what have you from brown belt to black belt what has been like some valuable lessons you've learned or is it certain techniques or a style of jiu-jitsu that you've transitioned into because that's a some guys never get past blue some never get past purple or brown and you know a very small percentage of people are taking the trip to get their black belt so you're here now what what do you think has been different about brown belt and what have you you know learn and gathered
1: well it's going to come down to is, is you have to be willing to get out on the mat and get humbled in other words get tapped out okay yeah. a lot of guys get to a certain rank and they're only going to train with certain people and I get it okay whatever but you got to be willing to get out there and put it out there mm-hmm. I always try to train with guys that are better than me stronger than me younger than I am faster than I am yeah and that just makes me better Mm-hmm. Even though I get I get floored here and there, <laughs> but every with every loss comes a lesson, and I take it as purpose. Yeah. Purpose to get better. I want to get better, and so you have to be willing to get out there and lose, come apart. Rich,
0: what have you gathered? Rich, <coughs> Rich, when did you get your black belt? How long ago? Uh,
1: how long ago, Mike? One year.
0: So a year, yeah, December. Pre- almost a year ago uh, this month would have from brown belt to black belt what do you think what changes or what do you what do you learn in order to get to that next
2: Uh, it's kind of like starting all over you go from being like you know good you feel like you're pretty good at brown belt and then you join the ranks of black belt and you, you know like for me if I go down to Henzo's and you know you're in a room now with guys who have no fucking clue who you are you're almost like you know starting over from scratch which is good you start the whole thing over, you know I heard it in uh, John Donner gave an interview A long time ago and said uh, That's when you start your serious learning When you get the black belt So I kind of, I heard that, I thought That was right on, so that's kind of the mentality that I thought that reflected exactly how I felt Yeah. When I heard that, like yeah, you're right You don't, you know, now you can start to actually learn You've learned all this stuff You know, all these little pieces And now you start to really dig a little deeper into jiu So it's a lot like starting all over, but you know, I, I would say, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it's like going to get like a, a master's degree. Not that I have any fucking idea what that's like, but <laughs> do I. you finish up your schooling and then you go on to a higher level of education.
0: So that yeah. that's kind of, I guess if I had to put it one way, it would, it would be like that. I think amongst this entire car, if you added up all of our college credits, we might have a bachelor's. Would you say Manny? So. <laughs> so, um, Mike, tell us about some of the tougher guys or just good jujitsu guys you've had the privilege of rolling with over the course of the many years
1: well there's three of them right <coughs> in this vehicle with us right now richie yourself and manny um, matt Seacourt, who i i consider one of the best guys in the area eddie fivey yeah who's just a monster out on the mat mm-hmm. james fallis yeah. who i'm lucky to call my training partner at this time and uh there's so many guys out there so many hundreds and hundreds of guys out there that I've trained with through all these years and they all come with a different style a different type of strength yeah a different type of experience and you know they're all challenging in, in, in their own way which ultimately makes you better and that's why it's so important to be able to go to other places And open yourself up for new challenges with new people.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of guys get trapped in their academy or just with their handful. There's guys in the academy who get trapped within the academy, right? I mean, there's guys that pick three (laughs) training partners and never move on past
1: that. And therefore, they never move on. That's it. Okay, and you have to be willing to come apart in order to move forward. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's like stepping backwards in order to move forward. But if you want to be a true Brazi- uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, you have to do that. Yeah. You have to be willing to come apart, and you have to be willing to put yourself out there.
0: I think that's. Uh, I mean, Rich, you instruct probably more than any of us in the car. You probably find you're you're giving techniques to guys, you're drilling it, you're drilling, it, you're going over it, and then all of a sudden, we'll say the whistle blows, and guys refuse to attempt some of the you know some of the techniques because. A fear of getting embarrassed um i don't know is there lack of humility do you think like what is the reason why guys don't transition through the ranks i think well
2: i don't know if it's a, lack of humility is probably the lowest probably i think one of the lower reasons actually i think a lot of guys don't know how to practice so if you you know i always say to, to talking to your guys like if you come up in a traditional sports background like we all most of us all did you understand what practice is. Nobody wins practice, and the guy that tries to win practice is usually looked at like a fucking scrub. The guy that gets up in your shorts during during drill and doesn't understand that practice is to make each other better, you know, they may not understand that because they've never been exposed to that. Some guys have actually played sports but had a shitty experience or shitty coaches, and they don't, uh, so yeah. they, they don't get any of that, you know. So, so Matt Secor is about to roll up, obviously, just put a bomb on this Speaking whole
0: thing. <laughs> thing. Get in the car, yeah. motherfucker. So uh, we have one of the here?
2: we oh, have yeah. a live
0: podcast going right now, and enter enter the Whip Matt Secor, who um, runs his own academy now. Matt C. Corp, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu up in Glens Falls, South Glens Falls.
4: Glens Falls, Glens Falls.
0: Okay. And
1: here comes his comrade. Creo. And, and now we have. We also have. Throw
0: Russia. him in the trunk. Get him in the trunk. We can get all of us in here.
1: The so, Russian. The Russian monster is here with us, <laughs> yes, guys. Sir.
0: So, um, Matt actually and Kirill, I remember these guys way back many years ago. I remember Matt as a white belt, and I always remember him being like one of the sickest tickets i've ever been on the mats with and not much has changed he's he's gotten much better at jujitsu and he's still completely I'm sick to so tell
4: you i'm normal everyone else is messed up <laughs> I'm
0: with you, matt. so matt tell us i mean you've trained with mike for many years and i know mike has also gone to your academy and implemented some yoga training and stuff why don't you tell us a little about your time training with mike as we prepare for his black belt well
4: first time i ever met mike um i went up to him and acted the way i usually act and Completely I Tommy, polished and professional. Mar- yeah, I remember Tommy Marcelino was like, dude, you can't mess with Mike like that. I said, dude, what's he going to do? I said, and me and Mike headed off as, as we want because we're, we're both alpha males. So, um, you know, we don't really care about what other people think. So, yeah. Mike's a good guy. I wouldn't miss this for the world. If Manny was getting his black belt, I'd definitely miss it. <laughs> Damn. Um, but, you know. You are a blackberry, not a red one. So, maroon one. So, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. You got it, brother. Yeah,
0: so, so uh, Kirill, what about if you want to share anything? I know you've done jujitsu and uh, yoga now, right? Through Mike. So, tell us about your experience in training with Mike, both Good. on the yoga mat and on the jujitsu mats.
5: Well, he's the one who inspired me to get certified in power yoga, you know. Yeah. Because it's the best thing ever for, for you for everybody else uh, my experience with Mike awesome you know we we started way way back I could anyway. barely, I could barely <laughs> speak the language and uh, we just used to battle on the mats uh-huh. You know, if you picture Rocky Drago versus you know <laughs> Stallone, that was me and Mike every time we were all. You know, I would limp out every 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 time. What right Mike Mike
3: Mike had the Russian flag Mike the flag. Yes, yes. Mike, <laughs> hold, <laughs> Mike
4: was holding a Cold War. grudge. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would have a Russian we flag wrapped, patch. Like we
1: didn't like each other. I remember that. <laughs> yeah,
5: and then that Mike, Mike comes in with the American flag patch on his gear, and we just uh, you know. My favorite <laughs> memories when I put him on my plot on my first time ever. I'm like, yes, I got him a plaid. He picked me up and just bam right
0: on the mat <laughs> so it
5: was fun it was definitely i don't think
0: fun. you were the first or last person mike's lifted up and bombed. he only broke
4: <laughs> a dude's femur bone in training one time so. <laughs> no biggie. no biggie you know but i'll it, me
0: it's great we suffered
5: the, the same injuries with the shoulder dislocation yeah. so power yoga is uh is a it's a great thing
0: yeah so. we were actually just talking about uh
4: wait before, before real quick that shoulder injury that krill had was all his fault the person yeah. that did it is in no fault that zero, did it. Zero, zero. <laughs> um, he should learn how to grapple the right way, and he won't get hurt. <laughs> Anyways,
0: um, we were just talking about. I asked Rich and Mike, uh, "What do they recognize? Like going from brown belt to black belt? What, what is different about that? What do you learn? What's you know what gets you from brown to black? Mentality. Oh, probably- any of you guys that are black belts? I'm not, I'm I am not know. My belt was held
4: had- for me for about three years, right? So I don't, I don't know. Probably mentality for me. Yep. Um, I think it just has, has to do with, you know, it's very small changes that happen from a brown to black belt, it's just mastering and fixing the holes that you're supposed to fix and how you maintain yourself, which obviously I had a problem with. Cause do you think, so what do you think prevented you from being a black belt faster? I didn't know Richie vaped. It's kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you go to the, can you do like the circles and nah, stuff? I can't do all that. <laughs> I think we should that's sign him point. up for the vaping championships in North America.
0: <laughs> that would be sick, Carol, <laughs> cool. What about you? Like, what do you think? Uh, like, what does it been from brown to black? Like, what's different? <laughs> to me, the biggest the biggest thing is like when you get your black belt. Like, this is
5: your life. So you're not going anywhere from jujitsu. You're gonna stick stick with it. But this is like your and life a white belt. So essentially, just right now, starts like. pretty much. Yeah, that's over. where the journey
4: starts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Start over. That's cool. That's
4: Listen, cool. the over. the second that I stepped foot on a jujitsu mat, um, first of all for some apparent reason. I don't know if it was my attitude or what it was, my ego, but I had to spar Richie um, first couple months of doing (coughs) jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, hey, I want to fight MMA. And they're like, oh, go against the guy that's 260 pounds of solid muscle and go against him. Why I have cauliflower here is Richie Altieri. Um, Got beat up. I think they were trying to beat me up to get me out, but I think it just made me come more. But, um you know this is a journey it's 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 actually not even a journey it's a lifestyle it's a you know something that I need in my life when yeah. when you get it taken out you know because of injuries and stuff like that I just had a back injury and we just touched um, on that yeah and and, and you know I I go insane w- without working out and doing jujitsu. I literally I'm thinking about I'm like wow I seriously hate people when I don't do not do jujitsu. Yeah. By people, I mean Manny Milan. Mm. But, (laughs) you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? He copied my haircut. You know, we're both bald together now. It's, and if you guys want to make fun of bald people, that's fine. Good. But guess what? Our haircut's really? never going to go out of style. Never. All right? So, just, Richie, what are you laughing about? You're seeding hairline out there. we re- freaking it's going, going back. He's growing a five head out instead of a four head with that freaking vape <laughs> machine. And we, and we want got. to talk about bald heads.
0: We got to get is Eddie five. Can, there's no way we can sneak him out of the academy. Eddie's right actually now,
4: Eddie's actually sucking on a celery stick right now. So, he's busy. <laughs> I think the kids pasta. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe I wonder after if. He, we can can he put peanut out, butter? Actually. He probably can't put peanut butter on. It, right, there's um, a freaking animal product you in can, it.
0: Uh, we can you can stop it and restart, right? Yeah. We, we can we can stop it and restart, actually. yeah. We can yeah, stop
4: yeah, it and restart after the celery stick and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's wrong to be a vegan, but it, when did he go vegan? Way, <laughs> <laughs> there uh, goes any goes opportunity
0: vegan? from getting a sponsorship from any type of vegan. Hey, product. if you don't want to, <laughs> hey,
4: hey, hey, how many sponsorships did I have for my last tournament? I wore all black in my stuff, I don't need sponsorships, I'll sponsor myself. So, <laughs> so if you want to <laughs> spot if you want to sponsor me.
0: Don't worry about it. One, one last thing before we head in. Actually, Matt recently competed in a different style of jujitsu at the um, what do you what do you NBA call it? Combat jujitsu. Eddie Eddie Eddie
4: Bravo Invitational.
0: So tell us how that was different from a normal tournament. before We got we to head slap in.
4: each other in the face. To pretty much the only thing different. It wasn't really different to me. Um, I don't know, man. I don't fear anyone in jujitsu. I think it's fun to yeah. compete in it. So, you um, basically
0: are doing jujitsu, but you're allowed to strike with your open hand, yeah. palm to the face, to the ribs, to wherever.
4: Yeah, I'm kind of pissed about that tournament. I lost in the finals. Yeah. So, Did yeah. you get
0: slapped too hard and start crying, or was I it. Didn't. No,
4: I don't cry. Actually, the last time I cried was, I think, three years old when my sister took my binky from me, probably. <laughs> Remember the last time I ever cried? I don't cry. So, so Do you know how I cry? <clears throat> I cry by. Um, the only thing equivalent to crying is sweating, and that's your fat crying when you sweat. So
0: <laughs> thank God we have, we can edit these things out. You can no, edit whatever no, you want. Know, like we love having you. Listen, before we go in, last words. We'll go around. Uh, wish Mike his congratulations. If you want to share something briefly, and then we'll head in, and uh, he'll get his black belt, and we'll talk some more shit after. Caril, we'll start with you,
5: Mike. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Journey, you know, our jiu jitsu and yoga. I'm. I'm very happy that I met you, and dude, congrats! You definitely deserve this belt. Thank you, oh, Grillo.
0: Yeah, Matt, oh, I'm man. going last. <laughs> Manny,
3: <laughs> we have these conversations all the time. I'll go later again. <laughs>
0: Jesus, not, it's not a lot of uh, type of A alpha amazing. males in the house. That <laughs> I'll say I've, I've trained with Mike for a long time, and actually recently we got to train some early, like real early mornings together. And um, he's just the most disciplined dude you'll ever find, and I've gone on to actually work for him beyond jujitsu and I've learned a lot about him through that as well. And he's a leader wherever he goes and you know, it's no surprise that he's a black belt and I'm sure this will just start something completely new for him. and he will probably say he's going to retire and then he will pop back up and do something different. And there's not much left. Don't go into like Krav Maga or some shit. I mean, <laughs> as far as combat sports, this is probably <laughs> to stay, but you know, thanks for everything you've helped me with. And thanks for the 10,000 arm bar drills, the, uh, defense drills we did every single time we would start in Jiu training for way back. So Rich, thank you, Mike.
2: Yeah, uh, so hit that bait first.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: Thanks to Secor for uh making half of this podcast about him, even though it's about Mike. Um <laughs> I
4: just wanna thank
2: it. Mike for, you know, you know, the just years and years of training. We trained in some very odd circumstances in my attic, in his garage, out you know by this nice pool. pool ninety degrees on black mats, we thought that would be a good idea. Uh suffered a couple, you know, second degree burns on those training <laughs> sessions. But anybody that knows, you know, knows Mike's the boss and everything that anybody does around us in this car, in that building we're about to go into, he's got his uh footprint on. Yeah. You know, so Thank you, Rich. Thank Manny. Thank
1: you all you guys. Yeah.
0: Manny would you like to say something?
3: I'm glad to be glad to be a part of it day one all the way to here for me. Uh, Journey is not even halfway done for me. I know it took some time away, but Mm -hmm. glad to be part of it. Glad to be part of this special day. Like I said, this (laughs) is uh, a new world, new beginning for you. So many, 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 more years to come for you. I'll be glad to be a part
4: of it. Thank you, man. Mike, um, there's uh, not enough time to say enough stuff about you. Um, I think we hit it off fairly quick because of our attitudes that we have. But you're an inspiration. Um, you're a true one percenter um there's only a couple times in life that we get to see martians land on this earth and we're lucky enough to see see you your special specimen of a human being coming it's almost like uh, you get to see someone for, that's not from this earth come on this earth so um it's a very special thing to have you in our life we're very lucky to have you in our life and uh, I just want to leave this as, uh, you know, Richie smokes a vape. So. <laughs> is- Th- thank you, Matt. <laughs>
1: and I just want to say how lucky I am to be surrounded by greatness. Thank you, guys. Let's drive on.
0: All right, let's go. Rock and roll. Black belt time.